Imagine being told to strip to your shorts. You stand in a line of other men, also almost naked. The floor is cold. It's concrete. Your feet are clammy. You can smell the pungent, sour odor of your own armpits. It's that nervous smell. The line advances slowly toward the front of the room, where, one by one, the men are weighed and measured with the cold efficiency of a slaughterhouse. Sloppy-looking, overweight men in their 40s and 50s sit stuffed into high school desk chairs, jotting furiously as the lab-coated technicians bark out the exact heights and weights of their subjects. You wonder about your own height and weight, and how two more inches and 20 more pounds could be worth millions of dollars to you right now, but it's too late for that. Your craftier counterparts have been shooting up steroids for months to ensure not only the absolute maximum body weight, but strength and speed as well. It's your turn, finally, and you step up onto a raised platform for all to see. The glaring men handling you like a quartered slab on a hook are pencil necks in lab coats, men whom you wouldn't make room for at the bar under normal circumstances. After they announce your specific measurements, you're told to step down off the meat scale and proceed to the next station. It's through a rust-pocked gray steel door. You enter another room, this one smaller than the last, and darker. The direct spotlighting of a video camera nearly blinds you with its white-purple-edged light. Walk to the end of the line, someone from behind the light and camera says. Then stop at the end, and when I tell you, you'll turn around and walk back. Huh? That's what you say. It sounds stupid, but who could blame you? It's hard to understand why the scions of the NFL would fly you halfway across the country just to get you in your shorts and videotape you walking up and down the length of a yellow line. Anyway, that's what you do, and when you're done, you proceed to yet another station. The morning flies by. Before it's over, you've bench-pressed 225 pounds over and over again until your arms turn to jelly and two lab coats had to step up to keep the weight from crushing your neck. You've run a 40-yard dash, vertical-jumped, long-jumped, and done several other unintelligible and inexplicable agility drills that in theory tell the men watching and timing you how good a football player you can really be. In reality, 90% of it doesn't mean a damn thing. But hey, coaches and scouts have to have something to do with themselves in the offseason, and everyone these days is scared as hell to make a draft decision based solely on what kind of a football player you appear to be. After you've jumped and twisted and hurried and scurried like a rat in a cheese maze, it's time for the real fun to begin. It's time for your physical examination. You are mercifully loaded up with other players onto a bus instead of a cattle truck and transported to a local hospital that has the necessary gizmos to further scrutinize what you once thought was your own body. It's on the bus ride that you get to think about why the hell you're here in the first place. It all seems so, so crazy. The answer is easy. It's a badge of honor to get invited to the Combines. It tells you basically that someone out there cares enough about you as a player to take a closer look. If you don't get invited to the Combines, your odds of getting drafted or signed as a free agent in the upcoming NFL draft are microscopic. You're no dummy. You know the Combines are the gateway to the NFL. Okay, they're degrading, but they can't be that bad. Every year, 300 or so of the best college football players show up like migratory birds. 
instinct, not reason, tells them to fly in the face of this storm of humiliation and degradation. It's like nobody has a choice. Oh, there are a few stories about guys in the past who forewent the opportunity. They got left by the wayside. There were always plenty of others to step up and take their places. You look down at your hand. The ink from the fat, black, indelible marker where they wrote on you has leaked into the minuscule dermal canals, giving you an idea of the unsightly leather pattern of your skin. What they have written is a number. You stop and think about how no one has called you by your name so far today, but instead by the number that matches the one on the back of your hand, which also, of course, matches the number on your official NFL shirt and gym shorts. You don't just feel like a number. You've become one. When you get to the hospital, you're herded with the others into a long hallway to wait. Chairs line the way, and at the end of the corridor is a door. A woman pops her head out of the door every so often and beckons to the...